Hey, New Hope, welcome this morning. Good to have you here today. My name is Bill Berg, the lead pastor here. Jeff Cheney, a good friend of mine. Jeff's on the board as well here at New Hope, and I've invited him to be with us as we kick off this series called Body Shop. And this series is designed to correlate the body shop, like an actual auto body shop, with the body of Christ. In the Bible, God describes us, his church, as the body. We are many different parts, but we work together just like a body shop. And so I invited Jeff because Jeff has worked within the performance shop world, the body shop world. He has his own and that. Jeff is a professional drag racer. He's actually ranked fourth in the world and uh, number one in the United States right now. So he's doing pretty good, right? Doing pretty good. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. But uh, he has this whole background of the body shop. And right now, he's been working on a project for quite a while. It's a 1968 Corvette convertible. Uh, We got a picture up here. You want to give us a little of the backstory? Yeah. So probably 10, 12 years ago, a customer came in my shop and told me about this abandoned Corvette that was in Crystal, Minnesota. And so I did some tracking person to person to person, found found this car. It was actually real. We hear lots of those stories, but they're hardly ever true. <laughs> right. But anyway, um, it's a 68 427 convertible, four-speed 427 car, just a really fun car. And it was going back into the ground again. So I wanted to bring it back to life. Right. And so you've been working on it. Uh, you got the uh, engine in, obviously the body redone there, the framing piece. You got the uh, exterior, the, the framing done on it, set it on there and that. But uh, what's holding you up? It, I mean, it's 10 years. I'm, what's holding you up? Seats. <laughs> Seats, right? <laughs> the 68, uh, they made an early version, and then 68 through mid-year, GM changed the seats on them. They went to a little bit different seat. And I'm having a heck of a time. So if anybody, you know, see me after the service, you got any early 68 Corvette seats, <laughs> we're trying to find some. Find Jeff. Yeah, that's right. So there's this challenge of it, right? There's this, this journey of taking something that was dead, bringing it back to life, but actually restoring it beyond probably what it was originally, right? Yeah, we, uh, especially in the Corvette world, we call it over-restoring. Because there was, there was flaws in the original paint and the original body. Those, the fiberglass was wavy and stuff like that. So we actually over-restore them, if anybody's ever heard that term before. Right. And, and honestly, it is a picture of what Jesus does in our life, mm-hmm. right? He wants to over-restore us. A lot of times people will say when, when their life has been ruined or they're going through difficulties or whatever, it's like, man, I just want to get to back, back to where I was. And I'm like, no. I mean, Jesus wants to over-restore you. He wants to get you a lot farther than where you were. He wants to have you end up looking like him and not like yourself. That's the goal. That's totally the goal. Well, I got uh, a car of mine out here, the 67 Mustang convertible, and I got a picture of this back in 2018. I found it in the shed up in Pequot Lakes. Hadn't been driven for 26 years. It had no keys. Uh, it was just locked up like anything, had to drag it out, but then finally, you know, took out the interior, started putzing on it, that kind of thing, put the interior back in, and then uh, right now it's where it's at right now, but still a ways to go. But it's this whole piece of this picture of taking something that was dead, bringing it to life, this transformation process, 
and making it better than it originally was. And it's this picture of what God does in our life. But here's the reality of it. Uh, it takes a variety of people to make that happen. So when it comes to the body shop, in a body shop, there are all kinds of different roles that people have. What are the different roles in a body shop that are needed, the different giftings and talents in order to restore vehicles like this? Well, there's a lot of people. You've got, when you walk in the door, you've usually got a service advisor that, you know, takes attention. There's uh, an estimator, you know, that's going to go in and they're going to look it over and write up everything that it needs. Um, then you got your technicians, uh, and there'll be different technicians. There'll be some maybe for electrical, mechanical, and the body part. There's the body man himself. There's a painter, the cleanup guy, the detail guy. So there's a lot of different different parts to that, you know, that process. So it's multiple people with multiple gifts in order to do a project like this. I mean, can one person technically just do it? I mean, is oh. it really, or is it just like, it's really hard? I've tried. Don't do it. <laughs> you tried, That's right? one of my weaknesses. I try to do everything. Like, try, I try to be the best at everything, and it just can't be. And, and what ends up happening is you slow the project down, you know, and it, it, it's not as good as it could be because you're, you're not the best at everything. And so what I've learned um, through the years is just to sublet out the stuff that, that we we got, I was sharing earlier with Bill, um, Paul Henley in, in Cambridge here is a good upholstery guy. And uh, a few years back, I had a 69 Camaro that I tried to do the upholstery myself. <laughs> it was a mess. Right. So Paul does it now. Yeah. And people can recognize it. Oh, mess. yeah. Yes. Did you do that? Right. <laughs> you know. That's right. And so just like in the body shop, there's a variety of people that have a variety of gifts to bring and utilize to bring a car back to life, transform it, make it better. That's a picture of how God has designed his church. And in 1 Corinthians 12 in the Bible, in the new part of the Bible, God describes us as the body of Christ. And it's sort of like this body shop picture that we all have different gifts and talents that we are to utilize together to bless others. And so we are going to, in this series, be walking through 1 Corinthians chapter 12 together over this next four weeks. And I'm going to ask Jeff to read the first seven verses of 1 Corinthians 12 for us. If you have your Bibles, you can follow along or you can use your phone to follow along. Uh, but Jeff, go ahead and read that for us. Sure. Uh, the, the title of the text is called Concerning Spiritual Gifts. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters... I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord there are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And so the Apostle Paul here is writing to the church of Corinth because they're having questions and they're having difficulties when it comes to the whole idea of the spiritual gifts or uh, utilizing their, their talents to 
uh, serve others or do they serve themselves? And so I want to highlight, first of all, that verse 7 that he read, that last verse is all about this idea of when it comes to our gifts and talents, when it really comes down to our lives, our lives are supposed to be used for the common good, meaning used for others. And so Paul's challenging the Christians in the Corinthian church, and he's saying, listen, what God has given you, you are supposed to use for the common good, for actually others. We read, now each one, the manifestation of the Spirit, is given for the common good. And so the challenge that was happening in the Corinthian church is that people were using their gifts, their talents, for their own advantage and not for the advantage of other people. And I love this line that one author wrote. He said, God has given no gift to any man or woman for his or her own private advantage or exclusive profit. He has it for the benefit of others. And that's the goal. That's the, the desire there. And so there's challenges when we look at and see our gifts or our talents and we only desire to use them for our advantage and not to ultimately serve the common good others. And so when it comes to a body shop, uh, Jeff, what are the challenges when you have these different individuals that you listed already mm -hmm. and they have gifts in these areas, they're good at it, mm -hmm. but if they come into the body shop and they're only looking to use those gifts for their own advantage. What are the challenges you've seen in the body shop world? I, I think what happens, I, I see them be, get very close-minded, you know, where uh, you hear phrases like, it's not my job. Um, they're not trying to do things for the, the greater good, the, you know, for the customer. That's ultimately what we're there for is to serve the customer. And that selfishness come, you know, they kind of get sucked in in this whole thing and then they quit thinking about other people, working together. Um, the unity of the shop is affected by it. So it's, it's, it's really important. And I, and I get caught in the same trap myself. You know, I, I have to be reminded that this is like just a week ago, I was overwhelmed. I got probably a dozen race engines that were putting together and I'm feeling behind the eight ball and I just woke up feeling stressed out. And the devotion that morning happened to be on the verse that talks about, you know, how we are working for God, not for ourselves. It just took all the stress away. I, I, like it vanished in a, in a moment. I'm just like, you know what? I'm not here for me. And, and God is going to, I'm going to have interactions with people throughout the day and have opportunities to, to witness, testify about what God's done in my life. And that's what happened. So it's pretty cool. And so keeping this mindset, this, this whole idea that, that our giftings, our talents, are not for our advantage, but ultimately it's to serve others. And I wanna challenge you that in reality, in your workplace, whether it's in the schools, whether it's in a business, healthcare, whether you serve in a nonprofit or whatever, ultimately your number one goal for your job is not to get paid. It's not to get paid. Your number one goal for your job is to serve the company and their mission, but ultimately to serve the customer to serve others, because every week what we do in our position helps the world go around, serves so many other people, and allows their life to be cared for 
in all kinds of areas. I don't care whether it's just they need to get food to having stuff fixed, uh, to having you know security of insurance, whatever it is, you are caring for people. And so just this whole idea of the, the giftings, the, the talents, the education, all that God has given us is ultimately for the common good. I love what it says in 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11. Pretty straightforward. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. So even in the gifting of the you know, race performance world or whatever, you're called to use your gifts to serve others. There it is. And in that, God's glorified. He's thrilled with it. He's happy about it. And that is the goal. But the Apostle Paul, in those first seven verses in 1 Corinthians 12, talks about as well that, hey, beyond the common good, that, hey, our gifts and talents are to be used for the common good to serve others, he also talks about in the first three verses having common sense when it comes to our spiritual gifts. He talks about, and he says, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. And so he's trying to teach them. And he then, in verses 2 and 3, talks about the challenge in the Corinthian church of how some gifts were being highlighted as more spiritual or greater than other gifts were. And how there was competition and how there was jealousy within the church because of certain gifts. And so Paul's challenging them and he's saying, listen, have some common sense here. Every gift is critical. Every gift is equally important. And I'm sure in the body shop world where you have all these different talents coming together to produce this car, that there's this challenge of certain people thinking their gifts are greater or other people thinking their gifts are less. And so it affects how they utilize them. Right. Yeah, I think, you know, we think words like jealousy, envy, they're, they're destructive, you know, physically, financially, emotionally, and in, in, the, in the bigger picture things. And if we can just keep the perspective that everything, you know, the painter, he's not the top, you know, he's not more important than the guy who comes in at nine o'clock at night and cleans up the shop. You know, they both have equal roles. They're different roles, but they're as important uh, in the big picture. And actually, I mean, one hinges off the other. Mm -hmm. I mean, if, if your parts guy or gal don't get you the parts that you need to do the job, nothing's happening, right? right? It ain't happening. And once the car is all put together, painted, put together, and, and rolled out, the end person, the detailer, is so critical because they come in and they buff out the car, they clean out every area of the car under the hood, uh, wheel wells, you name it, every little area. So when that customer comes in, that car is spick and span. And if that doesn't happen, anything prior to that doesn't matter. Right. It, it doesn't make a difference. So every person is so critical and so important. And that's what the Apostle Paul's trying to tell the Church of Corinth, saying, hey, listen, every gift in the church is so important. 
And I love this story, and I use it all the time, of the little boys who built this clubhouse up in the tree. And then they were talking about, like, well, you know, what are going to be our rules? And they had the, the number one rule. And they wrote it up on their clubhouse, and they said, no one's going to be large. No one's going to be small. We're all going to be medium. <laughs> and it's just this piece, right, that, hey, no one's better than anyone else. No one's less than anyone else. We're, we're equal here. We're, we're medium. And that is such a picture of God's family, of the body of Christ, and how he has created us and what he desires for us. That is the goal, right? And so the Apostle Paul, writing to the church of Corinth, says, hey, listen, your gifts are, number one, for the common good. They are for others. And number two, let's have some common sense around it. You're all medium when it comes to your gifts. They're all critical and needed. And then he ends in, in verse four through six, then he talks about the reason that it's for the common good and that you can have common sense is because the gifts are given to each one of us by our common God, Jesus. He is the one that has assigned us the gifts that we have to be used for the common good. And so don't get into it and don't get whacked out about it. And so when it comes to the church and the giftings, Jeff, how has the church impacted your life over these years? You know, as a young man to today, as people, you know, yeah. the body of Christ impacting you, what does that look like? Yeah, so uh, I, was, I, I received Christ when I was 16 years old. And back then, it was just kind of a, a fuzzy idea of what it was like to be a Christ follower, you know, go to church Easter and Sunday, maybe, you know. And then as God has matured me over the years, um, just learning that being a Christ follower is a 24-7 thing. And the things that he showed me through other people, you know, in my life, we, we started a Bible study, uh, like a small group, how many years ago with Bruce and John Hurst? Yeah, and, boy, probably 15 years ago. Yeah, a long time ago. And the bulk of us have remained close after that. Um, John Hirsch and I, we, we have uh, prayer for each other. Like 8.05 every morning by the clock, nearly every morning we call each other and bring prayer requests. And it is amazing to see the, the details in our life that God cares about and how he answers those prayers. And it just, it, it, it makes Christianity very real. Where when I was 16 years old, it was just more of a, a concept, I guess. Yeah, a gotta do or But God or is so good. Yep. You know, he just wants the best for our life. And if we just stay tuned in, you know, and continue to work for him and try to keep ourselves out of it, it makes such a difference. Yep. And so this whole idea of we're better together and doing life together, just like, hey, 805, we call each other and we, we pray for our day. And what's that like? Hold each other accountable. It is the body of Christ just like a body shop working together so that we here at New Hope Community Church can praise God, that we can tell the good news of Jesus to our county and beyond together doing this, and that we as well then can take people whose lives have been dead. Man, mine was dead years ago, apart from Christ, and introduce them to a relationship with Jesus see their lives transformed, and have a new life, looking more like him and less like ourselves. 
And we do that by using our gifts and serving others around us. So our challenge to you today, New Hope, is to use your spiritual gifts, your talents within New Hope. And so that's why we have all these tables out here to go out and check out just different areas that you can serve in and use your gifts in. And as you do that, you get to know other people and you start praying for each other and and you're sort of a team together and you start talking about life and how the kids or grandkids or where you're going for vacation and how can I pray for you and hey, I'm gonna be there and all those kind of things and doing life together and that. And so I wanna challenge you to do that. And then also when you leave here to go out and intentionally volunteer and serve within our community because we live here and we want it to be better. And so I challenge you to serve three hours within the church a month and three hours outside in the community as a volunteer with your gifts somewhere else in the community. That's six hours out of hundreds of hours in our month. But to do it unto others for the common good, that is what God is calling us to. That is the picture we are after in this series when we're talking about body shop. And so let's be a people who, when we are out in public, that, as Jesus said, we are light in darkness because we are out to serve others beyond ourselves. That is the goal. And so, Jeff, could you pray for us in this, please? Yes. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful to be together this morning and serving you, learning more about your what we can do uh, in your kingdom. And Father, in your word, you tell us that we were we were knit together in our mother's womb before anybody even saw us. And you also tell us that we were all created in your image. And Lord, you've given each person here gifts and talents and abilities and personalities unlike anybody else. But in your world, it all fits together. And Father, I just ask that help us to find the margin, the time in our life um, and create that margin that we would be able to uh, to be able to serve you and others um, above what we've been doing. It's a challenge for all of us. We're all super busy people. But Father, I just ask that you would prompt each of us um, in those areas, uh, back at those tables. What does that look like? What can I help with? And help us, Father, to be uh, better than ourselves, to be more like you. And we just ask for your blessing on this Sunday afternoon and just ask you just continue to work in our lives and continue to show up big and show us what you're really capable of doing. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.